This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. If people really knew what they didn't know, they wouldn't be able to sleep at night until they got these things done. And that's really affecting us subconsciously. That's why the numbers are so high in terms of people's fears around finances now, especially coming out of COVID. And if people have children at home, those people are even more stressed out. So that's why it's really important just to have the conversation, put it out on the table. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson, and we're here to talk about your health and wellness. Today, we'll learn how financial stress impacts mental and physical health. We'll discuss how to boost concentration naturally. We'll find out what sex therapy is. And lastly, we'll explore the health benefits of aromatherapy. But first, a little bit of business. Recently, brothers running a successful family business gave me a call. They've been hearing my commercials for over a year. Why did they finally phone me? Because they had incompletions. Shareholder agreement not done. Wills not done. Tax planning not done. Life insurance for their business and families not done. Most people have incompletions. We complete them. Call me. I'm Mark Halpern, wealthinsurance.com. Wealthinsurance.com. Mark Halpern is a certified financial planner, trust and estate practitioner, master financial advisor, philanthropy. Mark has helped business owners, entrepreneurs, professionals, and affluent families for 30 years. As CEO of WealthInsurance.com, Mark and his team provide tax-advantaged insurance solutions to protect families and their businesses, working closely with accountants, lawyers, bankers, and other financial professionals to provide comprehensive estate planning solutions for their clients. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Excellent, Jamie. So nice to be here. Yeah, so we've been covering so much of COVID over the past two years, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are talking about all the aspects of COVID and how it's really impacting on the physical and mental health. But, you know, your team sent me some information that I found shocking and surprising that I'd like to share with the listeners. And then, you know, I'd like to discuss it with you because it all sort of surrounds this concept that, you know, financial stress can affect you literally physically and mentally, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what was interesting to me is more than half, so 51% of Canadians have lost sleep over money issue concerns over the past year. And one third, nearly one third say that financial stress has caused health issues, which is a stark increase over the past 12 months. And, you know, it's not surprising that people are stressed out, but it's interesting to hear how that stress manifests. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You started your professional practice 30 years ago. Let's get a little bit of background. You're new to the show. Why did you enter the insurance business? So thanks, Jamie. So yes, I've been in professional practice for 30 years, but my real start was actually 47 years ago. Wow. Yeah, and that's when my father, of blessed memory, died of a massive heart attack at the age of 50. I was 11, I was the youngest of four boys, and my mother at the time, who was 48, had to go back to work to support our family. The reason was is that my father was a very busy engineer. And of course, unfortunately, there was no will when he passed away, there was very little savings, and there was no life insurance. So it was very difficult for us growing up. Fortunately, we all turned out 
pretty good yeah. and professionals. But, you know, fast forward, I work with some of the most successful business owners and entrepreneurs and retirees and wealthy families, and you'd think they'd have everything all organized and together. But I'd suggest, you know, 80% of the time, it's not true. They're so busy looking after everything and everyone else that it comes to themselves. They just don't have things organized. So it's really important to have that conversation to see what are those incompletions that people should be looking into. We're going to focus on incompletions. Your, your story is similar to mine in that, you know, my family history sort of shapes my professional journey. So my father also died of a heart attack when he was younger, not quite as young as your dad. But at the time he was suffering from many illnesses. You know, I was in a bad place physically. I was morbidly obese. And I realized if I didn't fix myself, I was going to end up in the same sort of health pattern that he did. And I think what I'm hearing from you is you learned if you didn't fix yourself financially and fix these gaps that we're talking about, you could have been in the same place with your family, right? Absolutely. And I look at just the the effects of COVID. Right. It's been a very, very busy year for us, fortunately. And that's because for 30 years, I've been trying to convince people that they're going to die, get sick or retire one day. Nobody believed me. And suddenly (laughs) it took a global plague for people to be much more aware of their mortality and those incompletions. And that's why people are giving it the attention that perhaps they didn't give before because of the fact that they realize that, you know, the time to take care of all this stuff is clearly while the sun is shining. So you've been dealing with this, I guess, you know, during COVID where people are finally turning their minds to this. What sort of issues and concerns are they bringing to you? You know, I I like to sort of summarize what I think is on everybody's minds, but they maybe are not able to articulate it so well. And I kind of break it into three questions. The first one is people want to know if I wanted to retire at some point, you know, will I ever be in a situation where I can? Right. So pick a date, you know, just even, even if it's aspirational. Secondly, they want to know that if something were to happen to them, that their family is looked after, at least they're, they're also looked after financially. And the third is they want to know that if God forbid they're not around, are they going to be paying a lot of taxes or getting the government involved in their affairs? So it's kind of those three questions are really three important points. One, the first one is a retirement question. Right. Second one is a risk management question. And the third one's an estate planning question. So it's really important to, instead of be looking at one of these things myopically, you need to have it more holistic and look at these from 30,000 feet up and sort of see where am I at right now? What are my gaps? And what are the things that I need to sort of put some effort into? Okay. So you use the phrase planning, right? Because you are a financial planner. Yep. A lot of people think that's synonymous with investing. Is planning the same thing as investing? No, it's not. As a matter of fact, the world out there is busy doing investing. You know, the returns, I made this amount of money in my RSP, et cetera. Investing and planning are very different. Investing is is really looking at three things. It's one about preserving what you have. So it's not a, the second part of it is maximizing the income that you're making. Again, if you stop working and your money's working for it, you have to look after that. And the third is really tax efficiency. Like, am I being tax efficient? So I think what people really want is they want a check mark. They want that check mark to know that, hey, I can retire at such and such a time based on my current lifestyle expense, et cetera. This is what my tax will be now. This is what my taxes might be at life expectancy. Here's a whole bunch of never spend money, perhaps, that you know I'm partnering with the government on in terms of taxes. Can I use that to preserve my estate for my family or for charities or things like that? So it's a very different approach in terms of planning versus investing. And that's why people need to seek out a coach to help them sometimes, because it's not really a do-it-yourself type of thing. Okay. 
I'm sure there's different sort of people that come to you. There's people that are married. There's people that are perhaps divorced, maybe single, uh, maybe widowed. Who needs to be concerned? Is everybody coming to you with the same sort of concerns and that you're equally concerned about their position? Yeah, look, there's no cookie cutter here. Every situation is unique. It doesn't matter if you're married, single, you know, uh, family, uh, retiree. It's important to sort of get a snapshot on where you're at. But in particular, and this is important for your listeners, people who are single, widowed, or divorced have to be concerned because the government is actually prejudiced against them. Right. And the reason is, Jamie, is that when you die in Canada and you have a spouse, everything rolls over to your spouse tax-free. It's called a spousal tax-free rollover. But if you're single, widowed, or divorced, and you have a disposition, some sort of liquidity event, you're taxed at that moment. That means if somebody sitting there, as I was speaking to a, a 76-year-old woman just a few days ago, you know, she was sitting with like $3.6 million in a riff. Mm-hmm. And not aware of the fact that 54% of that money is going to go to the government. That's over one about $1.9 million that she was not aware of. And I would suggest that most Canadians don't know that. That's why this planning is so important to do. Okay, I'm speculating here, but I'm looking at all the money that the government has been printing over the past you know 18 months. And they got to make up for it somehow. With interest rates so low, they have a couple of options. One is to raise the HST. But they've got to be careful with that because if they raise it too much, they'll kill the economy. But the easy, low-hanging fruit for a government like the Liberals, in my view, is to up the estate tax rates. Are you hearing anything about that? Are you concerned at all that the government's going to try and pull in more money like that? It's not a question of if, Jamie. It's a question of when. Yeah. Where's the money going to come from to pay for it all this? To, right. These billions of dollars are in the states, trillions of dollars. So, you know, where are they going to find the money? Yes, you mentioned about an HSD. Look, at, we're talking about a wealth tax, an inheritance tax, a tax on principal residents. They're looking into that out in BC. Imagine, you know, you sell your house and you make a million dollars on it. Well, the first 500000 they say, is yours, but we want a part of that next 500000 So if anything, more than ever, that's why people really need to give this attention because you got to know, you know, that this stuff is really renting space in our brain. It's, it's in our subconscious. And, you know, people don't have wills or they don't have up-to-date wills. They don't have powers of attorney. I mean, basic estate planning. And I always joke, but I'm serious, that if people really knew what they didn't know, they wouldn't be able to sleep at night until they got these things done. Right. And that's really affecting us subconsciously. That's why the numbers are so high in terms of people's fears around finances now, especially coming out of COVID. And if people have children at home, those people are even more stressed out. So that's why it's really important just to have the conversation, put it out on the table. It's not something we are excited about. We'd rather go to the mall and buy something nice or take a ride in the country or whatever. But it's like the time to deal with all of this is clearly while the sun is shining, because then it gives you a lot more options, a lot more flexibility, and, and it's important for your mental and physical health. And I would say there's even a cohort that have, have probably turned their mind to these issues perhaps when they were younger, but the circumstances change, right? Like maybe your marital situation has changed, or maybe the needs of your children have changed, or maybe your employment situation has changed. You thought you were in a stable career, but COVID has demonstrated that perhaps you're not. So my view is even if you have all this in place, you might want to revisit it just to make sure that it still makes the same amount of sense, right? Absolutely, Jamie. I I always 
tell people it's kind of like financial architecture. You started off with a certain financial architecture and you had some financial furniture that fit that architecture. But fast forward, your architecture can look completely different. The question is, is your financial furniture up to date? Right. And, and, and that could be things like a will. That could be like life insurance. Think about people who are retiring and suddenly they're leaving the umbrella of their employer with their health benefits and their life insurance and their sickness insurance. Well, now they're on their own. That umbrella has disappeared. You have to plan for those things in advance so that you can take advantage of the best and most efficient uh, strategies for your family. So I think you made a comment earlier that people have a choice where their taxes go. What did you mean by that? So it really, all of us are going to have three beneficiaries, Jamie, to our estate. You're going to have your family, you're going to have the tax department, and you're going to have charity. And each of us can only pick two of those. Jamie, which two would you pick? I think I would pick family. I think I'm going to say family. Good, and, good. And, I, I don't and have to uh, I'm not a huge fan of paying taxes. I'll go with charity. Okay, great. So, yeah, charity, those are generally the answers that we get. Unless, listen, we live in a great country. We need taxes for schools and roads and hospitals on the rest of it. But most people would take family and charity. So, with proper planning, you can actually be remembered for writing a big check to charities that you're passionate about as opposed to writing a big check to the tax department. But again, that comes back to planning and philanthropy philanthropy in particular, which is a big part of our practice, we like to help people convert taxes into charity, or or as we call it, create accidental philanthropists. Because once, you know, you can either have the DNA that you like to give, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't have the DNA you like to give, but once you find out how much money is going to the government and you have a choice to give that to charity, suddenly you become very philanthropic. <laughs> you become so a giver, you, yeah. You do. So these are the types of things that require some sort of a conversation. But we, we last year as an organization created over $61 million of planned legacy gifts wow. working with our clients and working with nonprofits and working with allied professionals who bring us in and introduce us. So it's a very rewarding part of our business, but also it's also about mental health because I want to tell you being philanthropic when you give when you give you get much more than you give and it's also just a beautiful way of transferring values and ethics to your children and more importantly to your grandchildren we're we're living in a crazy time and we want to try to keep the inculcate them with those messages so if you can convert those taxes into charity it's a big win-win for everybody so you know i'm imagining our listeners sort of listening to what we're talking about you know some people will say yeah you know what i'm into this i'm going to get on it right away and then there's going to be others who are going to say oh you know i wish i knew about this a while ago you know i think it's too late to sort of take these steps. Is it too late for people? Is it ever too late? Jamie, it's never too late. It's too late after you're gone, you know, or you've lost your mind and you have very few options at that point. So the best time to look after this is today. You know, just don't put off for tomorrow as you can do today, as my late mother used to say, right? So so definitely take advantage of that now. And I just met with an 80-year-old woman a couple of months ago and she was worth about $10 million. You know, she'd done very well. She was a widow. And when I met with her, I explained to her she wasn't worth $10 million. She was only worth $6.5 million because of all the taxes that she was not aware of. So at the age of 80, we were able to plan where instead her family was going to get $10 million. The government was only going to get $500,000 and we were going to create $3 million for charity. And that was at the age of 80. So it's never too late. Okay. So you do do a lot of work in philanthropy. Maybe you can explain why that's such a big aspect of your business and how does that help people with their stress? 
I grew up in a very philanthropic home. My mother, even though she was, you know, struggling financially, was always giving to, you know, the cancer society and anybody who would knock on the door and she always had those a pile of those five dollar tax receipts. Yeah. Receipts, sure, you know. Yeah. So that was part of our life. And then I realized that I'm in a very unique profession where there's a lot of misinformation around it, especially around the use of tax-exempt life insurance as a strategy to create transformational legacy gifts. And it's not something you have to do by the name of Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. It's it's anybody can be charitable. And I was, wow, I can either write a check myself or I can get other people to write checks and I can create way more money by getting other people to write these checks. So it's a very aspirational thought that not only clients have, but I have a huge cohort of professional advisors who are tapping on me to join them and work with their clients to create this philanthropy because we're living in a time of hyper-specialty. So they want me to help them and it's exciting for them. They can do good and they can do good for their clients. And the beautiful part is the clients feel good. And there's nothing that tastes as good as doing good feels. You know what I mean? So you can have that piece of cake or that ice cream. But if you can make some change, and again, small dollars can create big dollars, then it's really worth investing some time into that. It's it's just great for mental health, physical health, and for passing along beautiful values to your family. Fantastic. If people are motivated to reach out to you to get more information, how do they do that? So they can send me an email to mark at wealthinsurance.com or they can give us a call at 416-871-4357 or go online to wealthinsurance.com and fill out a request for information there or for an interview. You know, look, at it's like going to the doctor, Jamie. We don't know how we can help anybody until we sort of do the proper diagnostics. The prescription's easy once we know what's wrong. So having that conversation, there's no charge for that, Jamie. It's really seeing if we're the right address for the client, they're the right address for us, and we'll either work together or we'll bring in other professionals to help them or we'll collaborate with their existing professionals. But it really starts with making that phone call and starting the process. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, Jamie. It was really a pleasure and thanks for inviting me. That was Mark Halpern. We have to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. Is menopause putting a damper on the little things that make your day? Are you tired of dealing with hot flashes, mood swings, and sleep disruptions? New Roots Herbal can help you take control of those annoying symptoms so you can feel better and enjoy life to the fullest. Discover Menopeace, Maca Organic, and Sleep 8 from New Roots Herbal. They use only the highest quality natural ingredients tested for purity and potency in an ISO-accredited lab. And you can find them at your local health food store. To ensure these products are right for you, always read and follow the label. Preparing for the new school year also includes making sure your kids are mentally ready. NutriPure's Genius has been helping kids focus better for over 15 years. By improving memory and concentration to reduce hyperactivity and nervousness, Genius has helped kids improve their grades and reach their full potential. Talk to NutriPure's experts on all their social media platforms about how Genius helps treat ADD and ADHD all naturally. For more information, visit NutriPure.com. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Alexandra Leon is the second generation at NutriPure and has participated in the family business throughout her life. 
She's earned two university degrees in science at McGill before returning to take on the quality assurance department at Nutripure. She's now the public face of the company and travels across Canada to participate in consumer shows. Her goal is to develop a close connection and a better understanding of people's needs in order to offer the best formulated products possible. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Very good. Very good. So today we're going to focus. We're going to concentrate on the natural approach to concentration, right? Yes, exactly. Talk right. about concentration and memory, school performance. Excellent. But this pertains to everybody, right? It's not just for kids. It's, you know, it's, it's germane for kids, but really it's for anybody, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's the same principles. We're just depending on who you want to focus on. But yes, of course, it applies for everybody. Excellent. So how does concentration or memory work in the brain? We should probably start there. Yes. I think the first part that we have to understand is what a neuron is. So let me just give you a little bit of what I find is easier to understand and so everybody can follow on the same page. Sure. So the way that I see a neuron is basically like a flower. Okay. So you have the petals. So the petals are where the, all the input comes in. And once all this information comes in, it goes to the nucleus, which is where the, the pollen basically of the flower would be. And all that information is then transformed into an output, which is basically what's transmitted to the next neuron. And that goes down the stem towards the root, and that's how it communicates to another flower. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the neurons is the same principle. When you look at concentration, what you're doing is that you have, for example, I'm trying to focus on the pen that's in front of me. Mm -hmm. It's not that I don't see that there's, I don't know, a marker beside it or that there's light coming outside or that I'm hearing noises. Is that I choose to focus on only one of the inputs that I'm being sent. Mm -hmm. So if I look at my flower, I'm getting all the information. It's going to the nucleus. And then my nucleus, I'm telling my nucleus, just tell me the information that has to do with my pen. And that information is being sent to the next neuron. But then I have multiple neurons getting multiple inputs. So I have multiple flowers. And the next flower beside me is also getting input. And it also has to tell me, hey, only focus on the pen. Because if it's focusing on the marker, then we're getting two information crossover. And then that's how your brain gets confused and it can't focus on what's actually happening. Okay? Mm -hmm. So the synchronicity between the different neuron inputs is very important, and that is being held in place by fats, so by omega, so the essential fatty acids that you find in the brain. One of the effects that it has is that it helps with that concentration impact, so it potentiates that synchronicity between neurons to send the same signal at the same time to reinforce to focus on one thing. That's interesting. And yes. does memory work the same way? Memory is a little bit different. So memory works more on creating permanent pathways. Okay, So mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure everybody's been told at least once in their life that in order to learn something, you must repeat it a million times. It's kind of how it works in the brain. So it has to be repeated over and over and over for a pathway to be reinforced long enough to stay and become a memory. And the way to reinforce something is by activating. So you have to activate a neuron once, it's going to stay there. And then after you activate it again, the pathway becomes stronger. And then as you activate it more and more and more, it's being reinforced and that's how you create or you mold memories, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at omegas, so fats in the brain, what they do is that they increase the receptors that are part of the neuron. So if you look at my flower, it's like if I had more petals on my flower. Okay? So the more petals I have, the more chances are that I get information from other neurons. 
the more information that I get, the stronger the signal is going to be within the neuron to be transformed and sent to the next neuron. The other part is that the omegas also allow for a lengthier and a stronger activation. So it's called a long-term potentiation effect, LTP, and that's what creates the memory. So the stronger the signal is in the neuron, the more likely that my pathway is being activated, the stronger it is, the more likely it becomes a memory. Got it. Well, that's a very good explanation. I hope everybody caught on to that. So you mentioned omega fat in the brain, and I know that's also a supplement. So I presume if we had more omega fatty acid, that would help our concentration and brain work. Is that true? Yes. So basically the brain and neural system is made up of over 60% of omegas. So you definitely need to have a good quantity of omegas in your brain in order to function properly. Here, if we're talking about childhood, childhood is very, very crucial in this development because that's when the brain develops, right? That's, it's not only about school performance, it's also about the child becoming a full-grown person, and that includes learning to deal with their emotions, developing their personality, uh, developing habits. So the brain is developing, and if it needs to be in an optimal setting in order for it to develop properly, and omegas play a crucial role into the development and the growth of the neurons or of the brain. Without supplementation, your child might not be growing up in that conditions, and then that means they might not retain information properly. They might not grasp concept as quickly as other children. So it's really important to nourish your neurons properly in order to allow it to grow properly and even repair and to mold to the new learning that's in the surrounding. Right. So, And I gather like the concept of supplementing with omegas is because your child or whoever you want to improve those processes processes aren't getting enough in their diet, right? Exactly. So we are noticing that, unfortunately, in the food that we take versus the needs is just not equal anymore. So our sources are now being depleted because of what we're doing to the food. So either freezing or cooking or just farming versus wild animals and things like that, as well as our needs. So needs as the society has changed and developed that omega's needs are much greater than they used to be, and we're just not able to maintain the optimal sources that we need to be in optimal function. Okay. So supplementation is, yes, quite important. How do we know? Like, what are the signs that we don't have enough omega in our system? There's a lot of different signs of omega deficiencies just because omegas are part of the whole body, so it's not just part of the brain. Yep. But if you're looking more at the signs for omega deficiencies that has to do with concentration and focus, it also has to do with smaller, minute detail. Let's say somebody who has a difficulty finding the right words or being forgetful. So let's say a kid forgetting their lunchbox at school or forgetting their, their homework or things like that. It also could represent uh, the inability to stay on topic. So a child telling you about something that happened at school and then switching on to know, asking you about what they want to eat for, for supper or questioning you about like, okay, can they go to their friend's place instead? And they just can't focus on one story, one sentence, one topic. Also, a lot of kids will have anxieties. Also, like we were saying before, in adult form as well, anxiety is very commonly a sign of omega deficiencies. So anything from difficulty adapting to changes in the environment. So one type of omega, which is called the EPA, and also DHA, so those two in combination usually have a really great impact on soothing the nervous system. 
So basically what it does is when you have those omegas in proper quantities in your body and through supplementation, you have different ratios that really help soothe your nervous system and reduce your sensitivity, like your sensitivity threshold. So smaller things will less affect you. Got it. Okay, so, but, you know, there are kids and even adults who suffer from sort of these lapses in concentration and, and, you know, they're diagnosed, such as like ADD or ADHD. What about those circumstances? Yeah, so these are obviously more severe cases, but they're a great example of what happens when you have a lack in omegas. So people with ADD and ADHD do have a higher need of omegas than most. So either they're unable to absorb it properly in their foods, or they just use it more, burn it faster in their bodies. So yeah, they definitely have great results with omega supplementation. And even if they are on medication, a lot of kids are on medication for ADD and ADHD, and they take the omega supplementation in the same time, and we've had amazing results with that. So it really helps with the secondary symptoms. So a lot of kids will have depression, they'll have a hard time sleeping, their appetite is going to be diminished as well, so they'll eat a lot less. They'll have a lot of anxieties as well. So it really helps to go get those secondary symptoms of the medication with the ADD. So it's really good combination to have both together. Okay, so we have time for one last question, and that is, if you are trying to take omegas for your concentration, like, is this something you take every day? Like, what sort of dosages are we looking at? For sure, it's recommended just for, like, if you look at cardiovascular health and brain health, you take it every day. So, yes, it is always better to take it daily. Certain people will only take it to kind of like boost their system. So they'll notice, for example, oh, I've been really anxious lately. I've gone through something. So I'll take it for like a month or two and then I'll stop. But it is recommended to take it on a daily basis if that's your goal. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. That was Alexandra Leon. We have to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss sex therapy on The Tonic. The Tonic is brought to you by Purely Natural. Their Liquid Greens Chlorophyll is the only line of soluble, grit-free, and great-tasting greens on the market. Liquid Greens can easily be mixed with your favorite drink to provide a sustained natural boost of energy to help you get through your day. There's unflavored, which is great with orange juice. The mint flavor is cool and refreshing. Dark chocolate has all the health benefits of a salad, but with a great chocolate taste. And for that extra detox boost, try activated charcoal and mint. Enjoy the energy, enjoy the detox, enjoy the great taste. Purely natural, liquid greens. You're a genuine health enthusiast listening to this show today. And Activation Products is your dream come true when it comes to living in a perfectly healthy body. Reclaim your health, cleanse your body, and extend your life. Activation makes all this possible by providing you with the best products for your best health. Activation products can elevate your whole body's health in ways you had no idea were possible. No matter how old or how young you are, it's their mission to deliver to you the most efficacious health products available in the world today. Treat yourself now and find out what it's like to live in a perfectly healthy body, making every day a joy to be alive. Go to ActivationProducts.com and start your journey on reclaiming your health. You're listening to The Tonic on Sumer Radio. 
Carlisle Jansen is a sex therapist and the founder of Good For Her, Toronto's premier sexuality store and workshop center. She's the author of two books, including Sex Yourself, and you can find her educational videos and TED Talk at carlislejansen.com. And you know, she can always be contacted at carlisle at goodforher.com. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Hi, Jamie. I'm well, thanks, and a pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me. Always great to have you on the show. So when we introduce you, the first thing that comes out of my mouth is that you are a sex therapist. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure that everybody knows what a sex therapist is or what they do. So, <laughs> so we can call you that, but maybe right. we should explain a little bit about your practice and what it is you do and, and how you help people. How about that? For sure, for sure. So what is a sex therapist? A sex therapist is someone who has training in therapy as well as in issues related to sexuality. And they will address Um, concerns that individuals or couples will have related to sexual feelings, intimacy, sexual functioning, and talking about lots of different things such as emotions and there's usually lots of fear associated with sex. People want to talk about the thoughts that they have, their experiences, their expectations, what it means when they think something or their partner does something or they perceive that maybe they're doing it wrong. They want to talk about their desires related to their body. Um, They want to talk about their relationship, how they feel about things with their partner. They want to talk about their performance as a sexual partner on their own or with somebody else. And often they want to talk about feeling desired or whether they are desired or what their desire is for other people. How does a session typically work? Obviously, you're not going to give details of what people discussed, but what would one expect if they booked a session with you? Yeah, so usually the first session we would do an overview of their history. So their history of relationships from when they were young and how well they had comfort when they were distressed and what they noticed about um, how their parents interacted, messages that they got about sex, their sexual experiences, whether they were just crushes or whether something happened, any trauma that happened around sex is, of course, very important. Mm -hmm. We talk about other aspects of life, so significant relationships, friendships at school, community. So we want to get an overview of sort of who they are as an individual as well as as a sexual being. That's usually what we'll start about and then kind of start with and and also in the context of what are they coming in with, right? Is it that they're having challenges with erections? Is it that they're feeling shame? Is it that they're having problems with their desire? What is presenting when they come in? When you see people, are you seeing them like once a week, once a month? I guess it kind of depends on the individual. hmm? Yeah, so some people, one or two sessions, and we can address some misconceptions. We can talk about things to try. Some people I'll see weekly or biweekly for two months, six months, a year or more. It depends a bit on how deep the issues are, how much they're willing to really go further. Sometimes we start talking about one thing and then we have to totally derail. We start talking about sex and we have to talk about self-esteem and communication in the relationship and just address all of that. And then we can come back to the sex. 
So it really depends on the people. And sometimes couples is a little bit longer because we also, I like to do an individual session with each person and really go deep. And of course, when you have two people, you've got dynamics. But what I love about couples work is that we can be open and vulnerable with each other. We can hear each other. We can heal each other. And also, I have a much better sense of what's going on because when an individual says, yeah, well, my partner says this, or then I do this, and they react this way, I don't really know (laughs) how the other person will be. And in a couple session, I can really see, okay, well, this is how that person's face reacts, or they can correct and say, well, actually, I didn't say that, or what I really felt was this, or this was going on for me. So I have more information then. This is important stuff, right? Like, it's not trivial. Like, this is an important aspect of everybody's life, I would think, as an adult. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for everybody, it's a little bit different. But the reality is that 43% of women and 31% of men report experiencing some type of sexual dysfunction during their lifetimes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we feel very alone about this. We think nobody else is dealing with it. But lots of us struggle with it. And, you know, sex is one aspect. And for some people, it's not important. And some people go through life and it's just not a big deal. Sometimes it becomes a big deal because we're in a relationship and and it's important to the other partner or sometimes like I've had clients where you know it was not a big deal until all of a sudden at age 40 50 60 or 70 they fall in love they have a new relationship somebody's attracted to them and they never thought anybody would be and all of a sudden oh (laughs) sex is now important to me yeah and it sounds like there's so many different components to it right like it's not just physical it's emotional like there's many parts I would think yeah And people come in for lots of different reasons, but they're always interconnected. So I do get a lot of clients that come in for medical or physical issues. So they're going through cancer treatments Mm -hmm. or they have chronic illnesses that make sex challenging. With depression and anxiety, sometimes that also affects our sex lives. And in particular, the medications we take can impact our sex lives. Sometimes there's pain with intercourse or other aspects of sex. Sometimes we're dealing with infertility and want to talk about how that impacts our sex life. One area that's really hotly debated is around addiction. And I would say that most sex therapists believe that the idea of addiction when it comes to porn, sex, masturbation is kind of not the right term, Mm -hmm. that we have impulses towards it often as a way of avoiding things and that it's not necessarily an addiction. But you're going to get different people who believe different things. Right. And then I'm sure there's purely educational aspects, right? People are, I think, in general, not terribly knowledgeable about sexuality and probably could learn a few things. Yeah. Well, you know, what's really unfortunate is that I get a lot of people who will say to me, oh, you know, I don't orgasm. And when I probe further, they do. They just don't orgasm during intercourse. (laughs) Right. So sometimes it's a matter of saying most people who have vaginas don't orgasm during intercourse. Like, you're totally normal. So let's talk about how we can enhance your sex life and feel okay and not ashamed just because you think you're supposed to orgasm that way. And so some of what I do is education around how our bodies naturally respond, what's quote-unquote normal, that our libidos aren't always through the roof and those can change and the things that impact them. And so sometimes it's partly about just feeling like, okay, I'm normal, feeling validated, and then having some strategies to work with how your body functions rather than feeling ashamed that there's something wrong with you. 
What are some of the tools in your toolkit that you would utilize in, in helping people? So we do a lot of talking about things. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, sort of kind of digging up what things get brought up going back to the past. But then there's also some talking about practical strategies. Certainly, it doesn't involve touch. A lot of people contact me and want me to help them with their erections or (laughs) um, touch them. And that's not something that a sex therapist will do. You know, part of the role also is really hearing all sides. And, you know, I get lots of clients where it's like, yeah, well, this way it happened. Well, no, it didn't happen that way. You know, it's not about saying who's right and who's wrong, (laughs) because in the end, it doesn't matter whether, you know, it was three weeks since you had sex or two weeks since you had sex or whatever. The important thing, how is it that you feel about not having sex? What's the impact on you? Does it feel lonely? Do you feel rejected? Do you feel like your partner, you worry that your partner's not attracted to you? And so the important thing is how it impacts us and how we feel rather than necessarily what exactly the situation is. So talking about emotional relationships is really the part that I really love, is looking at the emotions and how those are impacted by our actions or inactions. Some people are a lot more direct. Some people use more cognitive behavioral techniques and sort of look at the thoughts and reframing our thoughts. There's lots of different approaches that people can take. And I suppose, I mean, I know you were trained to do this, but, you know, in Ontario, you, you can't just put out a shingle, right? You have to have some training and accreditation, I would assume. Yeah. So to be a therapist is a protected title. So just like I can't call myself a doctor unless I go through proper procedure, I can't call myself a therapist right. unless I'm registered. But you can be a psychiatrist, you can be an MD psychotherapist, you can be a psychologist, you can be a social worker. And then in addition, if you want to be a part of the sex therapy group, called BestCo, you need to go through their accreditation. So you can't just hold it, hold out a shingle. You need to kind of call yourself according to your college, and then you can join another group to say that you're BestCo certified. Okay, so we have time for one last question, and that is, what's the most important thing that you would want the listeners to understand about the concept of sex therapy? Well, you know, you really have to be comfortable and at ease with your therapist. It's called the therapeutic alliance, and that's the biggest predictor. If you're not comfortable with your therapist, it doesn't matter how skilled they are, how committed you are. You need to find someone you're comfortable with and that you need to be trust. You need to have trust in the process and you need to be open and be willing to be vulnerable. And you also have to do your homework (laughs) because we can't do things in session. There's always homework given. And sometimes that's just about communicating or just about noticing how you feel, but that then that's important to bring toward to each session so that you can talk about what's going on for you and your relationship. Fantastic advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Always a pleasure. Will you come back again soon? Absolutely. That was Carlisle Jansen. We have to take a short break, but we'll be right back on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our new sponsor, Omega Alpha. This company is 100% Canadian owned. Their team consists of allopathic and naturopathic doctors, nutritionists, researchers, and other scientific professionals, all led by their CEO, Dr. Gordon Chang. Formulations are created on their 40,000 square foot facility located in Toronto. Omega Alpha uses only the highest quality ingredients to manufacture the most efficacious yet price-friendly nutraceuticals. For more information about Omega Alpha, visit OmegaAlphaInc.com. 
Big Carrot is a worker-owned natural food market that's been committed to local, organic, non-GMO, and sustainable food systems since 1983. They're a one-stop shop offering produce, grocery, bulk, body care, and holistic dispensary. The juice and smoothie bars and kitchens serve up hundreds of healthy dishes and drinks daily. Building community is at the core of their vision, which they deliver through education, outreach, and giving. They want everyone to share in the goodness they offer. Visit their website for more information at thebigcarrot.ca. Hi, I'm Jamie Buston. I'm not only the host of the Tonic Talk Show and podcast, I'm also the publisher of Tonic Magazine. Tonic's a health and wellness publication distributed with the Globe and Mail to each and every home subscriber in Toronto, west of Victoria Park. And it can be found free on racks at over 100 locations across the GTA. You can learn more about Tonic Magazine at tonictoronto.com. Hey, if you like the Tonic Talk Show, check out the new look of Tonic Magazine. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Avery Scarcello is one of the co-founders of Clary Hill, a family-owned business founded in Toronto, specializing in natural-based fragrances and candle products crafted with the best and safest ingredients. Avery's love of learning and sharing new things with others has helped her repurpose her marketing skills to educate others on the benefits and quality of natural-based air care products. Welcome to the show, Avery. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. So we're going to talk about a topic that I've covered in the magazine before, but not on the talk show, and that is aromatherapy. So for those who don't know, what is aromatherapy and how does it work? Yeah, of course. Aromatherapy is a holistic healing treatment that uses natural plant extracts to promote health and well-being. It's sometimes also called essential oil therapy. So what it does is it uses essential oils medicinally to improve the health of the body, the mind, and the spirit. Uh, So it helps enhance both physical and emotional health. So essential oils work together with all parts of the body to complement natural healing and growth processes to restore emotional and spiritual balance. It's basically a natural way to help your health, your mind, your body, your spirit. Can you give us some examples of essential oils that you work with that are sort of, I wouldn't say the usual, but people might be familiar with? Of course. So my favorite, and unfortunately, I think it is the usual, but my favorite essential oil that I always go to is actually lavender essential oil. Mm -hmm. And the reason I actually say that is because it's the most versatile and popular essential oil for good reasoning. the jack-of-all-trades of essential oils. (laughs) So this can be used. It's mainly for anxiety, deep sleep, relaxation. But what a lot of people don't know is it also helps to relieve muscle pains and joint pains if you mix it with, like, massage oil and uh, you use it topically. And it's perfect if you're putting it in a diffuser and just have it in your room and, and it just has so many benefits for you. I understand that they rated fragrances for men and apparently... It stokes mints, and I'm not sure if it's emotional or whether it's physical, but there's a sense of comfort and appreciation that comes from lavender when men smell it. I don't know if this is the same for women, but that's what I read somewhere. I don't know. I like that fact. Apparently, lavender is also used a lot in perfume because it's appealing to both men and women. So there you go. So it is for everybody. (laughs) So how does it actually work? How does aromatherapy work in the body to help improve health of the body, mind, and spirit? Aromatherapy actually relies on our sense of smell. So certain smells can have direct impacts on our moods and behaviors. This happens so quickly because our nostrils actually carry these scents to the surface of our brain. 
So I don't know too much about the science, but I do know that scents do have direct access, and it works by stimulating our receptors in our nose and sending it right to the part of the brain that controls our emotions. And so that's how it can help support physical and emotional health by connecting your emotions with your brain. You know, I I think it harkens back to our ancient selves when, you know, our sense of smell was more important to our survival, right? So, So these smells meant more to us, you know, they were the sense that we used more than we do as modern humans. You know, I think probably eyesight and hearing is probably the two senses that we use more now than we did. But, you know, animals have a heightened sense of smell, and that's because of all the functioning that they needed to do in the wild. I think there's something to that. Agreed. And you know what? It's such a crazy phenomenon that happens when you smell a smell. It has the ability to, like, evoke memories that you would have never thought about. I was driving down the street. I was up in northern Ontario last weekend, and I started smelling these nice evergreen trees and immediately got brought back to when I was eight in camp. And it's just such a strong sensation. How can it elevate the feeling or atmosphere of the home if we have essential oils or candles, you know, in our abouts? Yeah, it can elevate your home so quickly. So essential oils and candles, when you use them, have almost an immediate effect on the scent in your house. And different scents have different reactions to us and can have a different effect on our brains. They can create different emotional reactions. Like I was saying, lavender can make you feel more relaxed. Or I love to mix a few essential oils, lavender, chamomile, and ylang-ylang. And uh, I set that up in my living room, and, and it creates a much more calmer feeling and just ability to elevate what you want. And the coolest thing about all of it is essential oils have so many different benefits and properties that you can choose what benefits you want to reap from them and set them up in the room that you desire to have an impact in. Can you give some examples of how that would work? Yeah. So in my room, uh, in my bedroom, when I wake up in the morning, I mix together what I call our good morning mix. And it's orange essential oil and it is peppermint essential oil. And those two mixed together have the ability to help energize you and elevate your mood to start for the day. And if you put it in your bedroom right when you wake up, you get this beautiful sense of starting the day together in your office. Again, peppermint's really good for concentration if you wanted to diffuse peppermint and have that going. And then in the washroom, you know, the washroom's just a place for a nice smell. So light up a candle. My favorite in the washroom is is clean cotton because it makes the room smell fresher. And you have the ideas of fresh linen hopping out of the shower. And it just creates different pockets of atmosphere and romance throughout your house. So I suffer from road rage. Would I be able to bring like essential oils into my car to calm me down when I'm driving? Do people do that? Do you know what's really cool is I've seen these mobile diffusers that you can get that you can put in your cup holder. And yeah, you can diffuse things that might relieve your anxiety, help with stress levels. Again, circling back, lavender is perfect for that. And even if you wanted to have it for different purposes, you might be able to get an unscented car fragrance or one of those pop-in ones that can mix with essential oils. Mm -hmm. And that could be something that just diffuses over time. So like, I'm not looking to get one of those like little tags with the pine smell that you pick up at the gas station, right? Like those are all chemically. That's not what we're aiming for here, right? No, we're looking for all natural, pure benefits here. And there's different ways to find different ways to integrate it into your car or on the go as well. I think the mobile diffuser would probably be your best bet in that case. So are you saying that aromatherapy is something we use daily or is it more like when you need it, you need it and otherwise not necessarily a daily practice? 
That is completely on a person-by-person basis. I know personally I use aromatherapy on the daily, as I was saying, my essential oils in the morning and while I'm working. But it is something, since it is a healing and a natural health benefit, that you would have to monitor because each person reacts differently. So it is important to monitor your body and how your health and your body do and do everything best in moderation. And if you think it's working for you, then continue daily. Okay, so you've mentioned candles briefly and we talked about diffusers. What are the different ways that we can incorporate aromatherapy beyond those two? Yeah, you're right. Aromatherapy is most commonly done through sense of smell, candles, diffusers, inhalation. Um, But it's really cool because you can also put essential oils and aromatherapy in other things such as body oils, creams, lotions, massages, and apply them topically, and they have a different effect. So massages are one of my favorite ways to use essential oils outside of diffusers and candles because you can add in the essential oil and target where you have muscle pain, tightness, tension, and you can rub it into pressure points such as your temple and your wrists and even like on your feet. And most of the time, the massage method is used with more passive activities like yoga and meditation. So it's a really nice way to feel those extra feelings you want to. So have that anxiety relief, have that muscle tension relief while you're doing something relaxing like yoga. Is there any sort of specialized information that you would need before you apply the essential oils topically? Like, for example, and what I'm thinking of, like, are some of them too intense? Like, how much do you use? And are there any risks of of allergies or anything like that? That's something you definitely want to test out in terms of allergies. So trying a little bit at a time. Whenever you're applying essential oils topically, you need to make sure you're using some kind of carrier oil. So not to apply the pure essential oils right onto your skin because that will cause irritation. But any kind of carrier oil, you can do research into which one you feel like best suits you because there's different ones for different purposes. And then using things like adding it to lotions, adding it to shampoos, just a few drops here and there. And you can look up different DIY aromatherapies and at-home techniques to know how much you probably need because it will vary depending on how you're using it. Do you have any recommendations uh, for do-it-yourself aromatherapy oils? Yeah, my favorite aromatherapy DIY that I've done recently is actually a foot soak. So we always forget how much our feet play such a big part in our lives and how much we need to care for them. But adding essential oils to our foot soak can help with inflammation, swelling, and things like athlete's foot. So the DIY one I use uses peppermint and tea tree oil. So the recipe for this one is you just take a cup of Epsom salt, half a cup of baking powder, and one cup of pink Himalayan salt. You add in 12 drops of tea tree oil and 12 drops of peppermint oil. You mix the ingredients all together and store it in a jar. And then every time you want to use it for your foot soak, you take about a quarter cup of the mixture with warm water and soak your feet. And honestly, peppermint and tea tree oils are really known for soothing, sore, and aching feet, as well as just helping with aches and pains altogether. Fantastic. Well, we have time for one last question, and that is, what makes Claire Hill's combination and approach unique as compared to other companies? I think, personally, what Clary Hill has that's so unique is that we try our absolute hardest at sourcing the highest quality essential oils, and that's not because we want to just sell a good product. It's because we focus on your health and your mind, and we want to make sure that we're adding value to you on a personal and health level. We really care about what we're putting in our diffusers and what we're offering you and what we're suggesting you do. And and I just think that 
that's just something that comes with having a family business and, and doing it with your family. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. That was Avery Scarcello. Thanks to all my wonderful guests, Mark Halpern, Alexander Leon, Carlisle Jansen, and Avery Scarcello. And thank you for listening to The Tonic. You can listen or download this episode as a podcast with full show notes, contact information for our guests, and links at thetonic.ca. To find out more about the show, you can always follow us at The Tonic Talk Show on Instagram or Facebook. For great articles written by amazing health and wellness writers, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. The July-August issue is available free on racks at over 100 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to every home subscriber in Toronto west of Victoria Park. Or you can visit our website at tonictoronto.com. If you're interested in providing feedback or suggesting topics for the show, you can always email me at jamie at tonictoronto.com. Next week on the show, we'll discuss the health and wellness issues that are important to you. Until then, this is Jamie Busson wishing you a healthy and happy week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.